Welcome to Queer in the Time of COVID, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that's pecking our heads about the pandemic and everything we're doing to get through this little patch of whatever we now call life. I'm Olivia Taylor. And I'm Lucy Cecil. There was a little gap there, like you weren't sure of your own name. Uh, It's week eight, Olivia. There's a lot of things I'm not sure about anymore, (laughs) to be completely (laughs) honest. Okay, well... um, Staring at the ceiling. Are you okay (laughs) yeah i'm okay i am totally fine obviously 100 percent normal um yeah no it's just it's my first week of being furloughed i've been furloughed from since the beginning of may and uh i just um i'm doing uh, there's a there's a even more time to stare at the ceiling which is fine but you know uh yeah, it's fine. Just everything feels very much like one big weird haze of like, what is this? What time is it? What day is it? All the classic feelings. Yeah. Have you have you tried, since you've been furloughed, have you tried to kind of create a routine around it or have you completely sort of like surrendered to it in um, a way? Like how have you approached it? I think it's been partly like some good intentions and, but mainly like a tender surrender to the night. <laughs> um it's good. Izzy and Adam are still working. So the weekdays are like, they're still working. So it's like, I won't be able to like sort of talk to them or socialize until that sort of time or whatever. So it feels like there's more of a, a regime there in the sense that like when they're working, I should probably be doing something a bit more productive or whatever. So I've done, I've done a bit of like writing and stuff, which is kind of good. And hopefully I'll be doing more, which is nice. Um, but I feel really weird. If you think about it, you are paying, being paid to be a writer inadvertently. Yep. I I know, I do know that, and I have I've had that pointed out to me by my project manager, my older sister. <laughs> she's uh-huh. like, she's like, this is the perfect opportunity, Lucy, because if you think about it, you're being paid to write. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll think about it like that. Um, so yeah, no, so that is going quite well, but there's a lot of just like, God, this is so odd and strange, and um, everything feels like one mash of time. Um, but it's totally fine. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, I am still working from my mum's. Um, so that is still sort of happening in the same way as it has been for the yeah. past however long, eight weeks or whatever. Um, yeah, and still just trying to sort of trundle along with that. It, you know, it does it does get it does just get weird it's like now I've sort of reached the point where I guess the thought of you know having another Monday where I'm sat down with a laptop in the same place not going anywhere feels like you know just this really weird lockdown groundhog day but then the thought of going to work in the office and things resuming to in inverted commas normal is the scariest proposition ever and not one that I would particularly welcome at this point in the game either. So it's kind of, I guess, where I've been trying to find little spots of reality or, I don't know, calm or some point of difference to try and enjoy. Um, Yeah, I guess, as I was saying a couple of weeks ago, I found some stunning walks and um, I found a couple more in these past couple of weeks. Um, And yeah, just trying to see things differently, do a few things differently, I guess, to try and bring a bit of variety back in wherever possible. But it is very limited. And as you will know, I did fall down a bit of a dark hole where I looked at my um, 30th birthday Instagram highlight, which was a mistake. Yeah. That, that when you, you sent some like pick highlights to our group and I was like, Oh my God, do not stop it. Cause that, that was not only like a nice time. That was like the best time. And the best time we've had this year so far. (laughs) And And it wasn't, I mean, at least this way, you know, the, the position of like best birthday ever is not going to be <laughs> in any way threatened. You are going to be the queen of that. You best 30th. Um, yeah, going well, I would forever. I mean, I would gladly hand over that accolade if we could go out again. <laughs> oh my goodness. It wasn't so much the, the pictures that got me. It was the videos. Yes. No, because the, vi- the videos, I was like, what's no, I can't watch this. And it, we were just so full of, life <laughs> it's so joyous <laughs> having such a good time like 
oh no it's uh yeah yeah it's tough it's it's tough but I have um on that point of trying to have a bit of variety and it sounds like the smallest thing but I guess in these hashtag these times the small things feel really big you know about what you can kind of do and um we're coming up to a bank holiday obviously we um record this a week earlier so we're coming up for the first may bank holiday so we have fridays off um but i've also booked off monday nice so it's gonna feel like yeah like the sort of chunk of time like we had over easter where you're just kind of out out of that routine for a minute whatever your normal routine is i guess whether you're working or not working it's just doing something a bit different to what you normally would do who knows what I'm going to do in those days, but I'm going to do something. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping like, depending on what um, the government say that maybe I can go back and paint, finish painting my bathroom. That would be a good, yeah. a good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I'm allowed to go there. I mean, it's not that, that far. I mean, but, uh, you can, you can, you can basically do that anyway. You're not seeing anyone. Um, I know no. you're, not really, you're not really supposed to sort of go out without an intention, but there's an intention there. And like, uh, you're allowed to obviously travel, for a bit to then do some exercise and what is uh not exercise about painting a bathroom i don't know so <laughs> it's thirsty work yeah it's it is work. it is i can tell you that from undercoat and coat one um, <laughs> but yeah it'd be nice to sort of have that and have that finished and maybe like do some things there and see a different room that would be nice yes um, absolutely yeah seeing different yeah. spaces is definitely uh, a nice thing uh very much yearning for um yeah, I mean, and the, the weather the weather is supposed to be really good this weekend, mainly. There's a couple of, like, maybe a bit rainy, but special, like, you know, Thursday, well, Thursday's obviously a work day, but Thursday, Friday is supposed to be nice, I think, which I'm feeling blessed for, yeah. as Friday is my birthday. So, <laughs> that, and we that, are... I'm, I'm in that barrel, Olivia. I'm going to join you down the Niagara Falls. I know. We can, we can, oh, we can go down it together. That'll be nice. Feel that, feel that spray on our faces. Um <laughs> um and hopefully dear heart we can see each other at a socially distanced yes uh vantage point this weekend for me to hand over your birthday present i don't quite know how that's gonna go i'm gonna sort of try and roll it to you while i spray dettol in the air as it goes like i don't know what the process is. no all you have to do is like put it down walk away and then I walk up to it <laughs> like because because yeah it, it's fine that's the best thing to do I assume <laughs> so you mean you don't want me to bring an industrial fan in the Dettol because I thought that would be quite I mean unfair. I would for the dramatics of it the theatrics <laughs> yeah it'd be very like 80s music video of us to yeah. do that <laughs> okay well yeah let's do that let's do that then <laughs> okay that'll be nice um yeah I feel like it'll be like so much um so much social stimulation I just won't know what to do and I'll just be like rendered spe- speechless <laughs> just from me being like oh yeah <laughs> I'm definitely gonna do just you know like full face of makeup ball gown oh like, stunning yeah okay I will too <laughs> okay great um yeah it's it's weird because I just am like wearing this like same jumper for everything like I do put on like a different outfit every day but then this jumper always creeps it's ugly way onto me by the after <laughs> by the afternoon it's just like my like comfort blanket pandemic jumper yeah everybody's got an item yeah um yeah it's I don't know I feel like anything anytime I talk about this with anyone it just ends up feeling like really sort of try and over said but just weird in it yeah I mean there, there's no like two ways about it like we can't it would be you know like bizarre to be like oh yeah just absolutely loving this and like it's totally fine and everything's the exact normal for me so it's fine to feel and say the things about it because those are the ways that we feel about it but um let's get on to the pod a bit more what are you living and longing for well this week i am living for i meant to mention this um quite a lot but I never have I mean it's not really to do with anything but it's just a thing that I like um and I think the reason that I got reminded of this was because um 
I think that some of my um, Corona feelings have been coming out in a bit of a bit of rage. I'm not going to okay. lie. Yeah. And this all sort of manifested um, two days ago when I opened the fridge and pulled out some um, pastrami, like a packet of pastrami, and it had had something on top of it which had like like something marinated like like olive oil. And there was some olive oil that went on the packet and like went a bit inside of the packet. Ah. And I literally screamed, but it wasn't, it wasn't like just a normal scream. It was like this guttural cave woman roar. Wow. I had just had enough. <laughs> My pastrami! But I was literally just like, ah! like it was, it was wild. And, and I did it twice. Wow. And then uh, my mum came downstairs and she was like, what's happened? And I was like, I just had to scream at pastrami. And she was like, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's, it is yeah. like, I, I, I have felt like on the edge of like that kind of incident happening where like, I know that the smallest thing could happen and I will lose my shit. And it will just be something like the stupid, like vacuum cleaner falling over or like just something really small but just w- would enrage me and like make me want to scream. Hasn't happened yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, we're on the edge of glory. Yeah. Um, but on, on, that, on that note, I suppose channeling that rage into healthy ways is this Instagram account that I've been following for a while and it's called at Pot Punisher. Okay. <laughs> and it's this woman who, um, I think she like makes parts what's that like a ceramicist or something right okay yeah like a potter Um, yeah yeah a potter um harry potter um yeah and she makes the she makes the parts and then she makes them and they're like really beautiful and then she'll like write this really amazing caption and she'll the body of the instagram post will just be like a video of her smashing it oh my god and it's just so like, it's just anarchy and it's amazing. Yeah, proper like cathartic, like here's a beautiful thing, I'm going to smash it. That's- yeah, and sometimes she'll just like crumb, she'll like crumble it in her hands or she'll like smash it against the wall or she'll like get a racket and just like bash it against something. And it's just oh like, God. yes, yeah. that's what I need to see. That's, um, so, that's yeah. so something that like can only exist because of the internet. I love things like that. <laughs> Like, and that people, you would have a following for doing that. <laughs> yeah. And I guess like for those people who like to go to those like special rooms where they can wreck stuff, like an escape room, but for wrecking things. Yeah. Um, we can't do that now, but you can go and watch Pop Punisher. So Lovely. maybe give that a go. And I am longing for more content. This is another Instagram shout out, but I'm longing for more content on the Connell's chain Instagram <laughs> account which I sent to you the, the other day after our conversation about Connell's chain. Yeah. And um, now that you mention it, I, I've sort of gone back into the recesses of my memory. I do remember like the chain being a thing more than I've like first remembered it. And I just love how iconic it's become. Yeah. On, it's, so, it's so funny. Yeah. I love that it has its own Instagram account. It's all like everyone's going wild for on Twitter. Um, yeah. I mean, I, t- I told you the chain's important and uh and here it is with its own accolades. <laughs> worthy, yeah. worthy accolades. Absolutely. Um, what are you living and longing for this week, Lucy? <laughs> I am. So I'm living for, uh, the other day I was doing a classic uh, lockdown activity of cleaning out some, you know, bits under my bed. And I have like a, a box which just has like all of my like important documents in, you know, like bills and bank stuff or whatever but there's loads of stuff in there I don't actually need so I was finally getting rid of it and just keeping the stuff I need and in there I found I also had like cards and stuff I found a card from my sister that she sent me after her wedding with some seeds in it to um thank me for my part I played at the wedding um I was a bridesmaid and a superstar DJ um and uh she gave everyone plants but because we wouldn't be able to take ours back up to Manchester she just gave us seeds and I'd never planted them but I have now planted some marigold seedlings and they are sprouting and I'm absolutely oh. living for watching them sprout on my windowsill. I can, I can see them a bit. Yeah. Oh, well, they're these little ones, but um, I've got a couple of things going on the balcony. Ah. Oh. 
but um i love marigolds and i've been thinking about marigolds for a while anyway and then i found these seeds and i was like oh my god marigold seeds i would love to grow some i'm just living for it you know watching something thrive and live and become something new is very nice at this time and like you say it's just that little thing but it feels very big and nice and comforting which is good and i am longing for not only for them to bloom which would be definitely something i'm longing for but uh as of literally i don't know like an hour or so ago Lady Gaga finally announced when Chromatica is going to come out. 29th of yes. May. Yeah, it's soon. 29th yes. of May. Yeah. Uh, we should have a listening party where we have like a gorgeous disco. Absolutely. Yes. We'll make like our own punches <laughs> and we can just listen to it. And yeah, that'd be we great. We can all Let's have our own headphones in and do it at the same time but be on Zoom and see each other, like, dancing. That'd be cute. Yeah. Silent disco. Yeah. <laughs> to <Paratica. laughs> That if sounds that's not great. 2020, then I don't yeah. know what it is. What is? So, yeah, I'm longing for that. Obviously, it's very highly anticipated. Um, uh, Stupid Love was a bop. I'm really hoping that the album delivers. I think it probably will. Um, so I'm very much longing for that. Yeah, I feel like she really knows like what side her bread's buttered now after yeah. like a couple of different albums. Um, and she knows how the people respond. Absolutely. And, yeah, I think it's going to be like pop bops from the yeah. Kindness Punks. Yeah, it's going to be gay rights from the Kindness Punks. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, Olivia, okay. I want to jump straight to the news desk. I know you've been... Uh, looking up what's been happening in the queer world i feel like because you work for the bbc um i always think that you're going to be across on the news and you are so please let us know what's the news (laughs) well thank you so much um (laughs) i mean i'm not really but i mean it's 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 a tricky one right now isn't it because a lot of the news understandably and rightfully has been centered around um coronavirus but we have obviously felt, you know, in our capacity as us on this podcast, that it wouldn't really be right to talk about that news because no. everyone can just know that for themselves. Yeah. Um, you don't need to know more about it. Yeah. Um, so it's never going to be anything like that on the queer COVID apps, but um, we'll try and bring you um, LGBTQ plus news as and when we see it. But um, I was reading something earlier on this week um, about uh, Boy George, who made some um, slightly strange and very offensive comments about um, pronouns and transgender people um it was really really weird it's an article um that's in pink news and he 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 said when he was growing up um nobody used the term transgender because it was almost like a medical term so this transgender thing is new and for our generation it's getting our heads around it but people want to be offended because they think that whatever's going on for them is much more important than anything else. Okay. And then he goes on to say, let's not forget that everyone's trying to create a moment now. Everyone's a producer. So there's pressure to be more interesting. And if you're not interesting enough, what have you got wrong with you? It was so strange. Yeah. Um, That's not great, is it? That's, uh, yeah, how bizarre. I don't, I feel like I don't know much about Boy George um, in the sense of like, is this um, sort of expected of him to say such things or whatever? Do you know what I mean? But um, God, I don't know. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I know. And I think probably for a lot of people um, when they were coming out, maybe sort of more in the 80s and 90s, he could have been a real sort of role model. So it's really... Absolutely hard to see someone in that uh in that position saying those saying those things unfortunately so yeah that's that's not great um in other in other news which is um maybe less offensive and more bizarre um have you read that nicholas cage is going to be playing joe exotic in a new tiger king um tv show i have yes um i saw that on twitter i think last night or the other day um and yeah, I think 
good casting sure is it but i'm the only person left on this planet and galaxy that hasn't watched tiger king so i wanted to ask you if if it is if it is good yeah i think it's good casting i don't really agree with like the like making it more of a thing and like making a tv show out of his life and stuff like because um i just think that like uh he sort of has been exposed as like a someone who mistreated animals very quite badly and um maybe it's like a bit glorifying of that and i don't i don't know i just feel a bit odd about like continuing the narrative of like oh how funny and great is uh joe exotic and like even if it's gonna be like be dealing with those issues and stuff um you know he's gonna he's sold his life story he's gonna you know make money from this and and whatever and like i don't know it's hard to say whether or not uh it's like a good thing i don't know i just feel a bit odd about it a bit like uneasy about it is joe exotic alive yeah he's in prison right okay yeah um do you think do you think i should watch it (laughs) i don't know i really like the more i think about it i mean i watched it all the more i think about it the more i'm like oh it was just not a nice really nice experience like just spending time with all these people who are just like for whether or not they're like good or bad people they're just like it's uh, a lot of them do like dubious things with animals and like for profit and like don't seem to really care and a lot of it's like a lot of act and front um and it just made me feel quite uncomfortable i don't think it's anything that we sort of really need need to be watching at this time um i'm not sure how much you get from it yeah, I guess there would be an argument to be made about like raising awareness about that, but you can do that fairly quickly without having to make this sort of self-indulgent, yeah. longer kind of experience, and longer people, form experience. Yeah, and people have been doing that post the series, the, the documentary. You know, people have been saying, look, like, you know, everyone's like going wild for Joe, Exo- Joe Exotic, but like, look at like all these, you know, tigers you just killed and blah, 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 and whatever and stuff like, so, you know, those points have been made. And I think that in just like creating something, again, it's just like uh, making him more of a sort of idol or more of like a, um, I don't know, it's hard because I don't really know exactly how I feel about him and like all the bits that happen and stuff. It just like doesn't sit quite right with me. Um, so why why do you think the show has done so well? Like, what is it about it that has made it so compelling and watchable and like this sort of cultural moment that it, it has undeniably been? Yeah, I think he and basically everyone on that show is like an eccentric. So they're they're interesting people. They're 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 bizarre characters. So people like to watch that and like like to see people who are who live life differently and you know he absolutely ticks all those boxes and he's unashamed unabashed he is like entertaining there's no two ways about that i think also the fact that it came out literally right at the beginning of like uh coronavirus lockdowns around the world and stuff like people you know wanted something to talk about and it gives it had that and it you know it probably would have been the same amount of um hype around it have there not been a lockdown but i also think less people would have watched it because like a lot of people had a lot more time to watch telly and stuff like that um i just think that like people like to see people who aren't like them and how they live their lives and especially people who are a bit wacky and bizarre and um it's sort of a weird and then combine that with like big animals and stuff it's like super interesting and there's intrigue there's sort of like a sort of is there going to be a murder and blah blah blah, and there's some rivalry and people just you know it's sort of like a soap opera but a but a documentary with a weird guy who says loads of funny things that you can repeat which is like what the internet loves you know things meme (laughs) culture there are good memes so why wouldn't you like it (laughs) um so yeah i don't know but it just like is a bit i just find it a bit like i'm like oh now about tiger king so if you feel that way about tiger king what else have you been watching instead because it's time for quarantine right so um i know we talked about it last week but might as well start off with the fact that i've also finished normal people now um yeah had finished um uh yeah absolutely 
loved it. I know we, we've spoken about it a little bit off the pod, but um, uh, I think, yeah, really great adaptation. I think they did a really good job. Very impressed. Um, I found it, you know, excruciating <laughs> and uh, very sort of comforting in equal measure, I guess. Um, it's like they're, like you've said, there's such a like sort of re- realism to it. There's something so like uh, relatable. Um, the episode 10, which you said was going to be difficult, which is the, you know, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, whatever, um, is the episode which involves both um, the, the, the suicide of uh, a character from their hometown and also uh, Connell going to therapy was just too much but like in such a great way it was done so well um and here's the the bit where he um sits and speaks to the therapist yeah um i thought was some of the best small screen acting i've ever seen yeah so that was like you know that sort of monologue is you know lifted from the book and is written so well and was acted like amazingly it's so great when you like watch some acting and feel like you know it's good acting do you know what I mean you're like oh wow that's great acting because <laughs> well, I think that there there are so many strat even though the characters are really different in a lot of ways obviously there are these sort of like bonds they're tethered together in various ways and I think that that just means that like a you buy into their relationship why it works why it doesn't work but on top of that you see yourself in various facets of both characters or certainly like bits of your life experience as, you know, a millennial at least watching it that you can relate to in in some way. And I think that the the smallness and the the sort of very particular moments and emotions that Sally Rooney picks up on and kind of explores to me are things that aren't really written about but things that dominate a lot of our thoughts but in a in a sort of small subconscious way that we think necessarily aren't important enough to air but when we watch it and when we see it it's like we're being spoken back to ourselves absolutely yeah I've seen them um, Sally Rooney speak about the fact that she's like oh you know like all the you know experiences that Marianne and Connell have are not like unique experiences they are things that you know everyone sort of probably a bit goes through you know um in some way and uh these are just you know normal things that happen to people but like that's what I'm interested in like writing about and like um yeah there there are definitely things about like their experiences that are um I think relatable in the sense of like uh yeah like being a millennial and you know the sort of anxiety of um not knowing whether what you're doing at any given time is the right thing to do or the best thing for you to do and always sort of thinking that there might be like something different for you or that you might be uh you could approach something in a different way is I think uh a an anxiety that we like uh have as like in our generation I also think obviously there's things um personally for a lot of people and for me that are so like similar to some of their character traits mainly Connell that I'm just like oh god this is like that is exactly how I felt and things I've said in my head before and it's really like um, insane to see that on the page and on the screen Um, and I think that that's something that is not you you know my unique experience it is something that a lot of people feel and it's uh, so sort of uh, great to be you know to see it Um, and uh, yeah I just think it was a great adaptation and it's a great thing um there are a couple things though that i still don't agree with <laughs> so i didn't quite and this i'm just gonna say i'm balancing it I, overall amazing great watch it really good um but i didn't quite like the ending because they left it more like um open to the idea that like they were going to be completely fine so like they they made it like so in the end of the book like he gets the email about going to America and that's like right at the end. It's like three pages before the end. And um, whereas in the TV show, they had it that like he sort of had that and then they had like a month or so before they sort of talked about it again. Um, 
and you know to, to process it and then they're sort of like you know she's like you should go and he's like oh yeah I'm gonna go basically and in the tv show she's like you know um we'll be fine like we'll be okay or whatever is like the last sort of word and they sort of left it with this sort of like you know they're gonna go but it's gonna be fine and they're gonna like get through it kind of feeling more more um I think it, it came across more like that than in the book where like he gets the email he's like oh, I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go because he's you know can't bear to think that he would actually do it she is like no you should she just goes like you should go and then she just it just ends with her saying I'll always be here and like that's the end so it's more like her reverting back to her behaviors of like oh you know you have to go and like I'm like just gonna stay here and it's like I don't know I don't know I just feel like they wanted it to be more hopeful in the tv series than it feels like in the book yeah I think that's probably true I think that um the ending if 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 you did if you did the book ending on tv I think that it would feel so so weird but maybe maybe that's not a bad thing because yeah. it sort of feels weird in the book in, in, a, in a good and interesting way. It doesn't feel like a bad, in inverted commas, ending. No. Um, but I think that it, it would maybe cut a little different yeah. on TV. I get, I, get, I get that totally. But I do think that like one of the things about the book is that you come to the end and you read that last bit and you're just like, oh, like, oh God, okay. Yeah. Whereas it was a bit more resolved on the telly, which is fine. But I just like thought that that element of the experience was taken from it. Yeah, I think that it, I think that it still, whichever ending it is, whether it's the, the book or the TV one, I feel that the TV one is still true to the characters. Like it doesn't feel like a false ending, but it feels like, yeah, I suppose more of um more of a neat ending that's had more of a process to it but i don't i don't think that it feels wrong for the characters for it to end in that way yeah but i, totally I suppose agree. if we're thinking about like normal people in the sense of like you know sally Rooney wanting to write about these sort of normal situations that aren't always tied up as neatly as that i feel like the ending that we see in the tv show is maybe like more how those characters would look back on that in hindsight rather than you're in it with them right at that moment and that's how Sally Rooney writes it in the book like you're there with them in the moment whereas kind of the tv show is a little bit more glassy-eyed like yes looking back and saying you know actually um it was it was really difficult our relationship that we had together there were all these ups and downs difficulties like communication issues but also like we loved each other loads and we gave each other so much and it had to be for this finite period of time and if we want to kind of grow to the next level we both recognize that this needs to come to an end in whatever form and that you know it doesn't undermine what we've had but would you, I suppose, feasibly think like that as, you know, a 22, 23-year-old person? Yeah. Would it kind of go down like that? I think it made for a very sort of like beautiful ending because I think that it kind of encapsulates the journey that you see over those 12 episodes visually. Um, so I think maybe that's why they've done it. And that's why I think I don't necessarily disagree with that decision but I can see why it might be jarring having just read the book and appreciated the reason why it ended like it did in the book. Yes, absolutely. I think you're right. I think that um, I, I totally agree that I don't think it's the like a wrong ending for it to have as the characters. It worked well for the TV for like the way that they are and stuff. And it's not like disloyal to them as characters, but that, it is more of the yeah it's more of like a nostalgic view of what that situation would be like than a, a realistic view which is what you sort of more get with the book so that's just a bit yeah jarring in a sense like you said um yeah no but overall great uh, the only other thing <laughs> is and it's and it's it's a music thing again i cannot 
get on board with them using the Italy episode, which is like was stunning and great and done really, really well, I thought, until the end scene where they played uh, an acoustic version, like stripped back version of Love Will Tear Us Apart. It's, oh, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> it's not a fucking John Lewis advert. Like, yeah, it was a little. It was uh, a little bit on the nose. That yeah, that, like that everyone knows, or I thought everyone knows. You don't use that song in anything. Like it's too bait, and it's the same with the hide and seek. Like, and I know you said the point about the playlists, which I listened yeah. to and I agreed with. But I've seen those playlists now, and neither of those two songs are on them. <laughs> so, Ooh, yeah. so okay, like, all the other songs are great, and it's like a good working of those playlists and stuff and I and there are loads of really good songs on those playlists but those two ones I just cannot forgive they're way too obvious and it annoyed me yeah. loads <laughs> okay now that I know that they're not on the playlist that does change things because I was kind of willing to submit to that yes to be like well you, yeah. you know she's written the character like that's 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 their life and that's the story of the book yeah. but um yeah if they've been sort of like retroactively placed in there it's not the best although i did really agree with the carly ray jepson bit yeah that 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 bit was was funny and good i liked that bit yeah fair <laughs> enough i liked that but um no just and i know it's like a tiny thing and most people might probably might not even recognize it or like realize what's happening but like i was just like when, when it came on um the level terrace part we, we just went oh again we're like no and izzy was like well that's ruined that episode <laughs> And these are like very small, stupid, petty things, but I just really care about what music is used on telly. So I I think they should have put in Head Over Heels by Tears for Fears. That would have been better. Thank you. That would have been perfect. Yes. Yeah. It's not very it's not like as obvious. It's not as expected. It's a banger. It's like tells us all the things we need to know. I agree. But love that. Song. Honestly. If ever I get to write anything for TV, all it is going to be is like a love letter to 80s pop and oh. 80s, just any 80s Honestly, music. Honestly, I know. I, I, um, I've recently been delving into sort of a bit of like write, thinking about writing some scripts or whatever. And um, I was saying to my sister, who I like, I'm doing some work with, it was like, basically music is really important to me as to like how music would be on telly. Um, and therefore, like, I'm just going to write in all of these songs because like it's, very important to me that this scene happens with this music over it <laughs> and she was like yeah yeah. yeah like I can I can relate to that like in my job now I'll get really attached to certain songs um that I want to use for campaigns and I'll sort of have it in my mind and it'll like all be like inbuilt with the creative and then something will happen inevitably like with licensing towards the end and then they'll be like oh we've got to change the song and I'll just be like no because <laughs> my just whole happiness rests on that one song yes. and it's just this like immovable thing for me yes um so I can definitely uh relate to living or dying by the sword of the song yes I I do I worry about like if in my wildest dreams something I ever like wrote got made and I'd like wanted it to be x song and then it's like well we can't for you know licenses re license reasons or blah 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 and I just be like well that's it scrap it christmas is cancelled get rid of it it's not worth having <laughs> yeah taking to your bed because they won't let you have a new order song yeah, exactly <laughs> how did you know because <laughs> i know you <laughs> oh god um yeah but uh yes overall massive recommendation for normal people very good job well done everyone all around yes and also i don't want to necessarily jump on board the gossip train but i will take one tentative step on okay. um, I'll, I'll try and find it later it was um some kind of yeah it was like some sort of hashtag content that vogue had done with um the actors who play marianne and connell um sorry i don't know what their real life names are paul mascal and daisy edgar jones thank you so much um <laughs> Okay. Well, they were doing, you know, like one of those like YouTube challenge things where they had to be like a never have I ever thing with like the paddles and right. they had to, like get the things out of the goldfish bowl for like what the questions were. Yeah. And they're all like different ones and it was like, you know, funny and whatever. And then um um he pulls out a question or a statement that says, Never have I ever this is paraphrasing, but he was like, never had I ever, have I ever had um, a summer fling or a summer like romance. 
and they both like looked at each other and started giggling and both put I have oh my word hello so I wonder if they were together yeah maybe I mean it would be easy enough to like uh fall into it when you're playing those characters etc uh it would be and so doing easy so well <laughs> I mean you know it's either that or I'm so starved for juicy gossip in the lockdown that I'm like diving into the YouTube comments of normal people yeah. on both to, to you know, make up this whole fantasy that they had this like summer romance when they were filming in Italy and it was beautiful. Um, I mean, let's believe it. Why not? We need, we need these juicy gossies. So. Yeah. And don't sue us. We're just having a nice time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, check that video out because it is cute. Cool, will do. Aside from normal people, uh, this weekend I finally watched um, Midsummer, which oh, we've really? been to watch for ages. Uh, and we were like, right, let's do it. We're going to watch it. Um, highly anticipated in the household. Everybody excited to watch it. Had all enjoyed to a point, you know, Hereditary. And we're like, oh yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this one's about. Wait, you enjoyed Hereditary? <laughs> to a point. That's what I like in a to, sense. To a low point. <laughs> so I right, okay, wait. Let, I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed Hereditary, thought it was like quite good until like near the end where it just went crackers and like um was like oh, okay, but I still think it, you know, had some sort of like a bit message messages and stuff about trauma and family relationships and blah 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 blah. Um, right. This is all for me to say because Midsummer, right, starts out incredibly harrowing within the first like 10 minutes. Really, really horrible stuff happens. But you begin to think, oh, yeah, it's quite good. Like, where's this going to go? It's interesting. You know, they go off to Sweden to this like commune or whatever, and there's all this stuff going on. And then it just gets weirder and weirder, and loads like more and more horrible stuff happens. And like, you know, people get killed and blah, 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 blah. And it's all very like, oh, what's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. And then the film ends one million hours later. Um, oh, it, so bad. <laughs> I oh, really? hated it. it. So why? It, why? It, it does all of this stuff, but it does it with absolutely like zero merit. There is no reason for any of it. It is all just like stupid and just like this, you know, guy who is his name, Ari Aster, who's like the director writer, who obviously just like, it's like him just doing like a horror wank of like, I'm going to do what I can to try and freak you out. And like, you're going to be freaked out and like, oh, but I can do it. Cause like, this is what I do. And it's just all very that. And it's like, just there's some of the most gruesome stuff I've like ever seen, but for like no real reason. And like, it's just, yeah, it's just like, oh, I'm going to freak you out and you're going to be freaked out. That's literally it. And it's like, well, what's the point in that? It's just stupid to me. I don't, I don't think it, it's worthy of like that feeling like that about it and having all this imagery in your mind for like no reason. So yeah, I would not recommend it. <laughs> okay. I mean, it looks so compelling on all of the yes. sort of um, promotional shots for it and stuff. They did a great job of that. It looks really good. Yes, it does. Um, but like, and like the characters are really unrewarding. You don't really care about them. So there's no like reason to really care when like the really shit stuff happens to them. Um, cause they're not particularly likable. Uh, so it's just, I, I just think it's, um, a man being like, I'm going to do what I want cause I can. And, and that's what it was. So, is Florence Pugh good in it at least? She is very good. She is in she act, her acting's incredible. Like I can see why she is now like people are like, oh, that was like her breakthrough film. But it's a bit like shit for her that that's her breakthrough film because like, in right. my opinion, it's crap. <laughs> she was on um Table Manners this week. She didn't bring up Midsummer um, uh, sadly. Well <laughs> she was it. just being an absolute one. Did you know that she's dating Zach Braff? Yes. I do know that. Yeah, I saw yeah. that on Twitter. Odd one. Yeah, I was I was surprised, but um, he was helping her set up her Zoom at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're both having a lovely garden salad together. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I love Florence Pugh, so I've been meaning to watch that, but I don't know if I will now. Maybe I don't not. think you should. It's not nice. It's just not. It's not a nice experience. 
I mean, there, there's some very good, like it begins with like some, you know, good act. It does a really good job of dialoguing um, some like gaslighting behavior in relationships, which I think is really well done. And you really, really, really like despise like her boyfriend who's like quite gaslighty. Um, and they do that really well. And you begin to think like, oh, it's going to kind of like build into some sort of thing that's about this and about the trauma of she has like a family trauma and you think it's going to sort of be a bit more about that but it just doesn't really do anything it doesn't really come to anything apart from it just being like oh but now we're in this like wacky commune and they all do weird sacrificial shit and like so we're just going to show you all this sacrificial shit until like the end where everyone's like gonna be sacrificed and blah 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 and she's gonna be wearing a ten thousand flowers but like and then it's the end <laughs> it's just there's there's not much to it like it it, it it's no, I'm not. Wasn't a fan. Very disappointed because I thought I would be. Oh no! Was there anything that you've enjoyed watching in the past week? Uh, no, no. I'm <laughs> 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 um, so aside from that, I have watched uh, now. Finally, I know ten thousand weeks later, all of Unorthodox, which I believe you've watched as well. Yes, I have. What did you think of it? Um, I thought it was kind of. Um, it was a bit of a slow start for me where I didn't really sort of know where it was kind of going or what the, what the kind of point was. Um, but then as it sort of gathered a bit more momentum, I could sort of see all of the time and care it took to create that. And that it was based in part on a true story and just all of the costumes were amazing and all of the, the you know, the high level of, research and care that went into producing it is like really interesting to tell those stories from a really kind of closed off um sort of insular community and I learned quite a lot from watching it um yeah I think that for me it it gathered more momentum as it went on and um I think that the main um character Esty was uh, really good and I enjoyed that and I, and I enjoyed the portrayal of the relationship that she had between her and Yankee and that nothing was kind of, I guess, um, nothing was kind of, you know, easily boxed off as like Yankee's the baddie, Esty's the goodie, she goes in search of this new life. Like, you know, she does things that are not always that great. He does things that are not always that great, but they're sort of the product of their very sort of singular environments. And you can tell that he really loves and cares for her beyond just the sort of confines of their community and what they're sort of being told to do. Like you sort of see those moments a lot more as it goes on, but even earlier, you sort of see that. And I like that, I like it when those characters have a little bit more depth to them. And I think that those two really did. And I liked how it ended on this sort of hopeful kind of uncertain future. Cause I think that that made sense for the series. Um, but I thought it was interesting as well that they decided to um, do a lot of it in Berlin kind of at the coalface of a lot of trauma and um, how they sort of speak about that and how she has to sort of face that head on and what that sort of means um, and also what it means to the people who live in Berlin and haven't necessarily come from those communities but have that sort of awareness and they sort of live with that in sort of a sort of a harmony and it's about how you kind of learn, how you sort of learn to do that and sort of live with traumatic experience and ex traumatic experiences and histories in a way that makes sense and feels doable for you. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Um, I thought that like the depiction and all, all the research and everything that went into it was very impressive and very interesting to see and there is a lot to sort of learn about like um that community um obviously they had like a lot of you know the as it's based on the memoir of that woman who was in the community then those are like her real experiences that she is depicting for the part of uh when she is in Brooklyn and living like that bit of her life and apparently like the bit in Berlin and like what sort of happens to Esty is completely fabricated as yeah like for you know for dramatic effect or whatever 
Um, yeah. I found the what happens to her uh, a bit too like um far-fetched in the sense of like she immediately gets like 10,000 gorgeous friends who all want to hang yeah. out with her and she like gets to sleep with the like most handsome man in the world who looks like a Disney prince was like yeah. a bit, a bit too much. Like, my mum called him the Disney prince. We were like he's yes! so Eric from yes! um, The Little Mermaid. <laughs> it's exactly no, that. I, 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 I agree. I, I was trying I guess to um, suspend my disbelief in order to kind of like get from it what I think they were trying to get you to get yeah. from it yeah and, and I think that the 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 if I think about like why would it have been why is it so sort of unbelievable in a sense and I guess it makes sense that they need needed to have um her new potential reality be so starkly different from her origin original start point and be like this sort of shining beacon of hope and like what life could be like so it kind of makes sense that it is like super rosy and like amazing in a sense but i just like found it quite unrealistic and was a bit like after like a while was a bit like oh come on like that's a bit unrealistic but overall really i did enjoy it um i i agree with you i think that the interplay between yankee and sd was really well done and um really like touching to see um how they sort of do care for each other but it just is just not right and you know like for various reasons and i think they both were did an amazing job acting i mean all the acting in it's quite good um and yeah no i mean i, I enjoyed it but like uh i i couldn't really put to bed my uh disbelief at the like becoming a stunning singer in a like berlin sim, sim like symphony orchestra school like is a bit too much <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i thought you have to admire that kind of gumption just to sort of like get straight off the the plane and just like trot along to the conservatoire and be like i'm here this is um, where i belong <laughs> Yeah, I mean, would it have gone down like that? Maybe not, but I, I suppose it's more sort of allegorical than it is yes, factual. Exactly, and when when you think about it like that, then yeah, it's done very well, um, and it's a good bit of telly. I enjoyed it. Speaking of the conservatoire, <laughs> is there any gorgeous music you've been listening to this week, Olivia? What is your track of the week? I hope it's some sort of Schubert. <laughs> sadly not not this week anyway um it's kind of the opposite of that okay. uh, <laughs> it is mind your own business by delta five. Oh, i don't what is that i don't know what that is not to the name so delta five were like a like a punk band from the late 70s okay and um they have this song which i'm sure you will have heard before um it's it's really weird because in the space of 24 hours sort of um over two days i've heard this song in a tv show and then i'd fallen down an instagram rabbit hole where i'd like gotten onto someone's page that i didn't even know sort of you know like as you yeah. sort of do yeah and they had the lyrics as their caption oh weird and and so I watched the show last night and heard it and I was like, oh yeah, I remember that song. I like that song. And then that happened today, you know, like of all the songs in all the world. Those things seem to happen so often where you like remind yourself of something and then it's everywhere. Yeah. And the, the first three lines um, of the lyrics are, can I have a taste of your ice cream? Can I lick the crumbs from your table? Can I interfere in your crisis? <laughs> brilliant how how on point love it yeah and if that is not on point then i don't know what is and just the thought of licking someone else's ice cream is anathema to me now yeah i um yeah that wouldn't happen would it it reminds me very much of something that happened to me once when i was in london with my cousin when i was quite young when sort of just moved back to the uk and we went to london for a day trip because i'd never been to the natural history museum and we were gonna and he was gonna take us so we went and it was cute and um, he bought a big issue off a guy um, and the, it was a really hot day. And the guy was like selling big issue and he was eat, eating an ice cream. And he went to my cousin, do you want to lick at my ice cream? <laughs> like, like as like a thank you for buying uh, the big issue. And um, we were sort of like, uh, sort of considered it. And he was like, um, 
no. <laughs> and uh, it's like a, but he, he was like, I did consider maybe having a look at the ice cream because it would have been really nice to have an ice cream. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. So anytime someone says something like lick of an ice cream, I just think of that <laughs> really specific memory in my mind. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that is a, that is a very on point song and a good wreck. I'm definitely going to listen to I feel like, I think I'll know it. Um, I think you will know it. I just think not you will to the know name. it. Yeah. And if someone could, you know, interfere in my crisis now i'd be most grateful <laughs> okay right i'll put um put the word out thank you how about you <laughs> so my track of the week comes from huns of our life heim who oh, yeah. so they've released a new song uh which is called what is it called i know alone um yeah. which is really great i like it but actually my track of the week is their previous release which is the steps because I just love that song so much and I've been listening to it loads and loads and repeat. It just has like the right kind of like peppiness for what I want, but it's like peppiness, but it's about like being frustrated with somebody for like not understanding you and uh, you know, like trying to do the right thing, but they just don't quite understand it. Um, And uh, I just really like it. I think it's a good message. I think it's a really good song and I really like them and I'm really um, looking forward to their full album coming out sometime soon, I imagine. I think it's, they have said when it is, but I can't remember. Um, it might be June or July. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And it's just a really great song. And it's quite like summery, right for these sort of nice sunny days. And um, yeah, that's uh, my song, The Steps. Heim, track of the week. Don't So just like Heim, we don't agree with people not understanding us when we're trying to do the right thing. And there, along with that, there are some other things that we definitely don't agree with. <laughs> it's time for so bad. I don't agree with it. Olivia, what don't you agree with this week? What is pecking your head in this pandemic? Well, I think we're going to get a lot of pushback on this. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm ready. And what I don't agree with this week, Lucy, is some dogs. <laughs> Just some dogs. Not all dogs. Well, actually, it's less some dogs and more some owners. I was going to say, is so, it some dog owners? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what I really don't agree with, and it and it, it ha- it's happened a bit now that I'm like doing a lot more like mandated everyday walks than yeah. I would normally. And um, I went out for a walk the other day and I specifically gave <laughs> this woman and her dog quite a wide berth because they were walking on the path so I like moved up and walked on like the skate ramp so that I could like on the half pipe so I could like be away enough and then this dog like chased me over to where the half pipe was because I was like trying to get out of their way and then it was really small not really small but quite small but was like barking so maniacally and like jumping up really high at me. I'd be like, like that. And then I was like, sort of like, sort of like being like, (laughs) and like sort of turning away a little bit. And then um, it just wouldn't go away. And obviously because of like social distancing, the woman wasn't coming over to get like That was the reason why. Um, but he just like wouldn't go away. And then she just kept saying like, um, she just kept saying, you know, he's, he's, he's really friendly. He's really friendly. And then I was like, okay. But he was like, literally being like, like that, like loads. And then me and my mom were like, oh my God. (laughs) And then, and then she was like, yeah, no, he's really, really friendly. And then I was like, okay. And then it just like wouldn't end. So then I just like turned around and was like, that's, that's fine. I'm just like, not a very like dog person and then she say he's called like i don't know bruno or something and then she was like come on bruno these two people don't want to play (gasps) and i was like don't project all of that onto me when i am having an innocent walk yeah your dog has like come over to me and like i'm sure that he does want to play but also that is not my problem and be like i don't know your dog and see like I could have been bitten by a dog or have any yeah. kind of history. Like, it's not really for you to tell me how this interaction should go down. And like, also, like, you know. D, all of the above, but also that um, 
at this time, you can't really be petting other people's dogs and playing with other people's dogs and stuff like that because that's a, like, you could, if you had some trace COVID on you, you could put it on them and then they get it, like, or whatever. Exactly. So it's, it's and not something like, that we're doing. He, like, climbed up on me and was, like, touching all my clothes, like, everything. And I was just like, yeah, co- like, COVID aside, it's bad yeah. enough. But yeah, with that sort of, like, layered on. But it's happened to me a few times where, like, they'll be like, they'll, they'll, passive aggressively like make a comment to their dog as if their dog is going to be like oh yeah you know like what <laughs> like oh, come on loves, they love to do that like basically make be rude to a human but via the dog because they're yeah, like oh i'm I talking know. to my dog but actually what i'm trying to say is fuck you <laughs> yeah i know and it's like i was like look we all know all of us in this interaction that the dog can't understand what you're saying <laughs> so we know what you're saying um and I just found it to be really bizarre because I was like I did not ask for any of this and yet here I am here you are yeah no that's bad I also don't agree with that for you and for anyone it annoyed it annoyed me loads um and that is my I don't agree with it what is yours uh, so my I don't agree with it it's, it's a generalized thing that I uh, did not agree with before the pandemic but it's extra especially a thing I very much don't agree with at the moment and that is people who put like I don't know what you call them but like um custom exhausts on their cars so I've got this guy that new people have moved into the flat below us totally fine whatever fine but they have a mini, which I have, I have I talked about on the podcast. I don't think I've talked about the podcast. I think I talked about it to you. They have got this mini that has an exhaust on it, which is so loud. Not mini. Yeah. It's like the biggest exhaust. <laughs> it's the maxi, the maxi exhaust. <laughs> and it is, God, they might be able to hear me. I don't care. Because all I can ever hear is every time they leave or turn up at the flat is the exhaust going into life and then skirting off down the road and they don't park in the car park which is like around the back of the building i wouldn't be able to hear it they park right outside the front because they they live in one of the front front apartments fair enough um but it's right by my window and at any time of the day night and they go out quite a lot it's just this stupidly loud noise and then they go off you can hear it for like a minute while they're going off around the corner i just like i don't get it and i don't agree with it like a it's so rude to everyone else B, I don't understand why you would want it for yourself, but when you're driving around, all you can hear is, why would you want that? It's not a pleasant driving experience. Is it to like seem intimidating and like tough? Yeah, basically it's like someone like waving their dick about and I don't agree with it, which I think is a running theme throughout this uh, podcast. (laughs) So it's just like a, look at me, I've got this thing and it makes this big noise and how cool am I when actually you look like a dick and you're really annoying and you're like waking me up so stop it this is really funny because after we had that dog incident <laughs> um we finished the walk and then came back up on the main road and we're walking home and there was a car like that and we really? had this ex- exact conversation yes are we old now <laughs> i've always hated this and always will yeah <laughs> i think I it's mean, ob- i think it's obnoxious no so yeah yeah um so that is what i do not agree with and now on to someone who can always get our engines running it's time for celine watch so lucy you're in fifth gear cruising down the highway of content (laughs) and you come to a junction Mm. and you're about to exit and you're about to reach your final destination and you're going to tell us what Celine has been up to this week. <laughs> yeah, so down the highway of love, straight to Celineville. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, again, a bit of a slim pickings because, you know, what have we really all been up to? Not much. But stunning, very important article this week has emerged. Super important journalism. Headline, Celine Dion shares glimpse inside Immaculate Kitchen at Las Vegas Mansion. If that's not the news we need, then what is? I've seen this. She has very white cabinets. 
Yeah, so basically, this article is just like, oh, she's self-isolating at her home in Lake Las Vegas. I wonder what Lake Las Vegas is. <laughs> but it's, I assume it's near Vegas, surely. But a lake? Yeah, I can't imagine it, there being a, a lake. It's very it dry. Is in, it's in Las Vegas, isn't it? Because she has a home there because of when she did her residency. Right, yeah, yeah. So she's done like a sort of, uh, you know, video from her kitchen saying some bits about you know, thanking uh, medical staff in the fight of COVID-19 um, and just being like, you know, hope you're all doing well, which is super cute and nice. Um, but the main thing that this article is picking up on is the fact that she has an immaculate kitchen. Um, now, this kitchen to me is almost clinically disturbing. It's so like immaculate and like non, everything is very white and like nothing's ever happened in that kitchen that I fear that she may not actually be in her own home. And that this is not a home at all, but maybe a Zoom background she's created to make it seem like she has <laughs> a nice home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Celine's not been getting up to much, but she's still, you know, sending out nice messages of hope and thanks to the world, which is all we can really hope for at this time in the pandemic. And uh, hopefully she'll keep doing that for us. Or, you know, we might have to think about, as I said earlier, putting Celine on furlough. So. <laughs> But hopefully not. It won't, hopefully it won't come to that. <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> so I think that about wraps it up for this week, Olivia. Um, as ever, please do get in contact with us if you would like to, you know, just recommend something to us or just chat to us at all. We're always happy to hear from you, as we said. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Queer Longing. And you can email us if you're feeling like doing something different. Because why not these days? A little bit of a, a differential to the day. Send us an email. Queerlonging at gmail.com. We'd love to see it. And we will be loving you, leaving you, and longing for you until next time. Bye. Bye. I think all of our jingles going forward should only be from Robbie Williams songs. Yes. That's a great one. Okay. Great. Good. I agree <laughs> with it. Um, okay. Apart from that, which unless Robin Williams ever says I don't agree with it, we can't change. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that the Wheatie Gang is still staying strong. <laughs> Pick up Wheatie Gang. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs>